Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. This is Mark, and you guessed it, Christy is here. Hello, mentor. So wonderful to be with you. So today, we are going to talk about one of the best things that in American culture we love to talk about, and that is emotions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you laughed. Thank you. Yeah, so we, we laugh and chuckle because obviously in American society, we, uh, we oftentimes aren't the best about sensing into what we're feeling, what are our emotions, and yet alone even taking responsibility. And so today we're going to dive into this topic a lot more and talk about why is it so important to have responsibility over our emotions and what are some ways that we can do that. And Mark, before we get into this topic, I just want to take this moment to acknowledge with you and with our mentors, what a privilege it is to sit down with you every month and take a piece of our curriculum or a piece of our offerings to our young people and our mentors and deeply explore it together as a way to invite our mentors more into um, the content in the curriculum so that we can show up fuller for our young people together as a caring community of adults around them. So even though we kind of joke about this topic of emotions today, just how joyful it is to sit down and, and see what arises between us around this topic and the ways that we can explore it and be in the dimensionality of it um, so that we are broader and can meet more of what our youth bring to us as the adults in their lives. So mentors, honored to do this with Mark and with each of you, and uh, thank you for listening and being so committed to your young people to show up, to learn, and grow with us. And I love that you're bringing that to us. And uh, and I would also add that I hope that our mentors can also sense and see that we are very much in this work with them, and that likely through the podcast they sense that um, we're all we also have questions and are being in the inquiry and are not experts in this material, and that <clears throat> we are very much in the journey with them on the journey. And so. Um, Thank you for allowing us to be on that journey with you, mentors. Yeah, we don't sit down here with the answers around emotions. We sit down here with a little bit of content and and in that space to see what arises, what curiosities there are, and and more ways that we can be in it together. So let's dive into emotions and emotional responsibility. Yeah, so as we know, I hope we know, as human beings, we all carry emotions And if we don't really take the opportunity to just even sense in and recognize and acknowledge the emotions that are present, we then really can't see what choice points do we have or what might our emotions be telling us or um, what else might be influencing those emotions. And so there's so much wisdom that can come from our emotions. And if we don't stop and actually acknowledge them, recognize them, we really are left to their mercy at times or to our default patterns and ways of being, of working with emotions. Yeah, and Mark, as as you're saying that, what strikes me about something I think you and I have in common and share that we work with is that emotions can overtake us and we can react to our emotions. And there's also personalities that they're not overtaken by the emotions because they're pushed so far away and there's a numbness in that. And... You know, we're not saying that these are right or wrong ways of being. We're just acknowledging that there's a range of the ways that we can be in emotions and the way a range of the ways 
therefore our young people can be in any their emotions that may not have us being up to our good or may not have us tapping into um, the the range of response as different from reaction that we can have to life and to the emotions as they're bringing. So I love that we're exploring this topic. And as we think about, you know, again, we are bringing forward this language of emotional responsibility, and it really is the ability, so really having the skill and also the willingness, the openness to really take ownership over our own thoughts and recognizing that thoughts and emotions are very much connected. You know, there's a lot of... Um, debate out there, if you will, about whether emotions influence thoughts, thoughts influence emotions, and even they do both. So um, again, this emotional responsibility is about how do we take ownership and accountability for our own thoughts and emotions that are taking place within us. And it might seem really easy in theory, um, but it's not, and can be very difficult in practice. So as we've touched on, strong and uncomfortable emotions can oftentimes um, be stirred up by our unconscious story of we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not um, powerful enough, that we're weak, that we're um, unlovable. And so our unconscious story can have us be in a difficult situation where then our thoughts, that story of the the unconscious belief, the shame belief, Um, can start to really give rise to a lot of emotions. And again, as we've already pointed to, we can have a way of withdrawing from those emotions, numbing out to them, or we can have a way of like running into the emotions and getting our electric charge from that and how we show up in the world. But what we're pointing to today is unless we're conscious in our emotions, that we're likely being in our emotions in an unresponsible or irresponsible way that we're not actually meeting them and seeing what they have to bring forward and teach us and bring into a broader view that we can hold of the world and ourselves. So when we're talking about meeting our emotions, we're not talking about giving over to them. We're talking about accepting that they are here, feeling them, but not reacting or acting out in the midst of them in a way that we might cause harm to ourselves or to others. So that means we meet our emotions and we're still responsible for the way that we act and the way that we speak in the midst of them to not bring suffering or harm to ourselves or to others. And this is what we're working with our young people about based on the fact of how much adversity and trauma and poverty and difficulty that they're facing. Of course, there's lots of emotions around that. Of course, as mentors, we experience a lot of emotions around what our young people are going through. How can we meet it and be responsible? And so one of the ways we've worked with that here at New Pathways and have brought in and may re- mentors may recall with us is what we refer to as the empowerment dynamic, which um, is, is work that we bring forward um, from an author that we all enjoy reading about in the book that he's written called TED, The Empowerment Dynamic. And with TED, if you remember, uh, mentors, uh, that this is about, this ties back to the distinction of the power of choice and recognizing that, um, you know, we have the empowerment dynamic and we also have the dreaded drama triangle. And so in workshop, when we use this um, a few workshops back, we helped you to see the visual and seeing that 
the empowerment dynamic sits above this kind of line and the dreaded drama triangle sits below. And another way to look at this is to recognize that when we're below the line and we're in the drama, oftentimes our rival is at play. And the rival is influencing certain qualities of us to show up and to emerge. This is where we might show up with qualities of defensiveness, of rigidity, of blaming, of shamefulness. And we find ourselves just swirling and swirling below the line. And a lot of strong, uncomfortable emotions can come up there. And it can be a place where we're looking for others to take responsibility over our emotions. So some of the roles below the line of how uh, in the dreaded drama triangle when strong emotions take over might be where we feel like we're the victim or maybe where we charge forward like um, in a persecuting kind of way, which you pointed to the blaming uh, and the shaming. Um, We can also become very judging in that space below the line. But above the line, we take on um, other roles and those roles can be one of coach, of creator, of really like a a conversation about possibility. And the qualities that we really embrace in that moment very authentically are curiosity, openness, spaciousness, genuine wonder about what could come of this situation, of what these emotions are here to show me, and what could be possible from this place. So what we're bringing to you is that when we have strong emotions, it's not that we're trying to avoid falling below the line. It's about knowing if we are above or below the line. If we're below the line and we're feeling shame and we're feeling blame and we're feeling judging, can we just acknowledge that we're there? And oftentimes that acknowledgement is just enough to let the emotion begin to pass so we can come above the line and be back in the genuineness of our curiosity, of our wonder, of our spaciousness, of our love for the world. And so what we're bringing you is this understanding of the empowerment dynamic as an above or below the line place. So when difficult emotions emerge, we can acknowledge where we are in it and not act from the place, but allow ourselves to really get centered and act from the hero, which is above the line. So we're all going to fall below the line. This is what it means to be human. Our young people are going to fall below the line. And I don't know about you, Mark, but when my youth falls below the line, I can make it my mission to bring her above the line. And that doesn't allow her to meet her emotions. It doesn't allow her to work with difficult emotions. And therefore, she's not learning the skill of how to do that when she's not with me. I want to fix Um, I want her to feel loved and appreciated. But what I'm starting to realize is anytime I'm trying to fix, I've fallen below the line with her. But if I can stay curious with her about her emotions, the possibilities emerging from here, that sometimes life's going to be difficult and this is how we're going to meet it, um, and be in the wonder of that and, and walk alongside her in compassion, that I'm above the line and she will eventually join me there when ready in her own process. So this, this is the, the way of being with this as mentors and the possibility that we can shift in our way of being and teaching emotional responsibility out of lecture, you know, moving out of those kind of ways. Like we're saying, like lecturing someone from below the line to above the line isn't, isn't the solution. It's meeting people where they are and meeting ourselves where we are and saying strong emotions are part of being human but we can choose where we act from 
And so if I'm below the line, this may not be the time to act. This may not be the time to speak. It's to acknowledge this is where I am, meet what's there, and allow myself the time and the space to rise back above the line and act from my goodness and my hero. Yeah, I had, I know you're a very visual person, Christine. I thought about this visual of, you know, if we're below the line and trying to encourage our youth to get up, it's almost as if there's a ladder and we're throwing them over our back and now we're trying to bring all of this weight up and how heavy that is and how hard and difficult. And almost that person might be kicking and screaming and trying to get off of our back. But if we can stay above the line, it's almost as if maybe we put the ladder down or we we have our hand at the line, but it's ultimately going to take them reaching up to grab. But can we stay in that space with them and let them know that, hey, there's another opportunity, another place um, for us to be with whatever's present. Um, I'm here and I'm waiting and I'm ready when you are, but I'll continue to hold this space until you are. And Mark, what I love you just brought is the distinction of what we are as mentors and what we are not as mentors. So we are not meant to be the person in the young person's life that throws them over our shoulder and carries them above the line. We're meant to be the person that is standing there walking the journey with them and keeping our hand out so that they know there is the option of coming above the line. How else would they ever know that if they don't have someone in their life as the definition of a mentor is, of guiding, supporting, coaching, um, and just being fully present and accepting in a non-judgmental way. So what a gift we get to bring is this awareness that all emotions are okay, we'll be above and below the line as humans, and we can model what it's like to be below the line and come back up. Great skill for our youth to see in us, and we can acknowledge what it's like to hold space above the line for someone until they're ready to join us there. So it's really a beautiful gift that you brought us. So let's talk about some ways that we can move um, above the line and be emotionally responsible emotionally responsible in that process. Yeah, and so you know as we think about working with emotions, um, we'll talk about you know kind of three different ways that we can do that. So you know we can think about there are those situations where things are highly charged, there's a lot of emotions, and how can we really build skills to work with and be with those highly charged situations? We'll also talk for a moment about what are some of the ways that we can build skills to reset our emotions and our nervous systems. And then lastly, talking about how can we build skills to really expand our capacity to work through emotions in the future. So let's dive in. So as we think about this first this first kind of category, again, I, I think, you know, it, I wouldn't say daily it happens, um, but I find myself throughout the week very much in highly charged situations. And you brought to us earlier that sometimes um, things can happen in a situation, experience, and it, it triggers a memory or an experience or a set of thoughts. And already I can start feeling those strong emotions coming up. Um, I see this often with my significant other. And... Um, oh, here he goes again, or here this is happening again, or oh, he's moody again, and, and already those emotions start to, to well up in me. And so what are some of the things that we can do when we notice that we're triggered? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, sometimes we may just say, I'm not going to take emotional responsibility. But again, the emotions are happening for us. So what are things that we can do? 
So one of the things we can do right in that moment, um, I, you know, I don't know what it's like for you, but we can be really aware of how it shows up in our body, like the trigger, right? Like I get the really flush of like adrenaline. I feel my like heat just rise in my chest and my throat area. And that tells me like, okay, I'm in a triggered space. And so if I can be more conscious of that, then one of the very fundamental skills we can teach our youth is how to calm our bodies. So you you mentioned this, Mark, of like how to kind of start to reset our nervous system is is a little bit of a longer projection of, of time. But in that immediate is when I feel that flush, it can be an invitation for me to take a deep breath. Because in that flush of adrenaline, I've stopped breathing. And so can I just take a deep breath? Can I get my body the, the nourishment of oxygen it needs to even begin to calm itself and move out of the fight or flight presence. Um, the other is feeling the ground beneath me because when emotions hit, it can feel like it's just lifted us off the ground, that we're having you know, an out-of-body experience, that we're, we're just out ahead of ourselves um, trying to solve a problem instead of meeting it right now where it is. So feeling my feet on the ground and literally taking breaths and feeling my presence grounded to the earth can bring me back into my humanness. And then the other is to, if necessary and if possible, to remove myself from the situation. And for our young people who might be just starting out in this, this is really important. If they can step away, um, if that's possible. But I'm thinking about a situation this weekend where I was triggered with my partner and it really like a conversation that came out of left field. It brought back a lot of old emotions and thoughts that came flooding. And I just wanted to like say, are you effing kidding me, right? But I I was able to feel my feet, take a breath, and I stayed in the conversation. That's after years of practice at this. So that's, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it is also real that please don't expect our young people to do this in three weeks or six weeks or six months. This is years of practice so that they can grow up and be committed, present adults and parents if they choose to be, um, workforce for a future. So these very three basic get back in your body when triggered and be back in the presence of self and the goodness of self with a deep breath feeling the feet on the ground, and stepping away if necessary so you can really recollect yourself. And that with longer term, you may be able to stay in the conversation right then. Yeah, and so what we're bringing you is recognizing that in those strong triggering moments, what are some things we can do to really bring a little bit more stability and groundedness and calm ourselves down to either maybe step away or to continue in the uncomfortable and be present in that moment. And then next, let's talk about what are some things that we can do to really be in the emotion, to work through the emotion, to get curious about the emotion, and to really notice what is the wisdom that's here, Mm -hmm. and also how do we um, reset our nervous system a little bit. So once we're calm and present and more centered in ourselves, then this is when we can start thinking about how do I come above the line? Am I ready to come above the line? And so it's, it's about... One, knowing that all emotions are okay. Reminders ourselves that what we're feeling is just a feeling. It's not who we are as a person. It doesn't define our permanence. It's not a characteristic of who we are. It's just a feeling. It's just an emotion in the moment. Yeah, and then we can, you know, recognizing that it's okay to feel this feeling, 
then can we get curious about it? Can we actually try to sense in and identify what is this emotion that I'm feeling? You know, we, we usually will say the phrase, name it to tame it. And so if we're able to acknowledge it, identify it, then we can actually work with it. The other piece is to be responsible and accountable for the emotion that's here. Um, and what that means is not to shame yourself for feeling it, not the accountability of, oh, there I go feeling sadness again, or there I go feeling anger again. But it's to be responsible that this is what I am feeling, and where do I want to act from? I don't want to act or speak from my anger, but it is okay to feel my anger. Those are two distinctions to bring about. It's okay to feel it, but it may not be the emotion that I want to act or speak from in order to bring my goodness into the world. And then we can also think about, you know, what are activities that can continue to invite us to be curious and be in the inquiry around our emotions, you know, in workshops and other spaces, we talk about reflective activities like journaling or sitting in a space with a trusted individual where you can process and talk more about your emotions and really be in that inquiry space with the other person. Also moving your body and getting up and moving can help us as well too to kind of work through the emotions because we know emotions can get stuck and um, yeah be really stuck in a place in our body and so by moving we can sometimes allow the, the freedom of those emotions to flow other things like meditating listening to music and then one last thing here is then to notice our tendency to want to blame others for emotion and to uh, acknowledge and accept that part of us as well of you know, I, I, the example I gave earlier with my partner on the weekend was I suddenly felt angry of like, how dare him bring up such a serious topic in an afternoon of play? And I wanted to like blame him for ruining the mood of the afternoon. As an example, it could be also, you know, when we stub our toe and we say like, who put that chair there? And we're kind of blaming others. It's to be responsible for I'm feeling this emotion. These, these situations happened but I'm responsible for what I'm feeling, and that's a distinction to make here as well. Love that. So let's now move and talk about some of the skills that can expand our capacity to work through the emotions in the future and ways we can engage in activities and experiences kind of off the field so that when we are in these difficult situations on the field, we have more responses. So mentors, what we've brought you so far is recognizing in the moment of difficult emotions ways we can calm our body, and now we've also brought you through reminding ourselves that it's okay to feel things, be accountable and responsible for what is happening, and to take on practices like meditation, journaling. Those are ways that we can start to reset emotions. And this third part we're bringing you now is what are some things we could take on with our youth that are like building the skill sets for the future so they have bigger and broader ranges of which they can respond to emotions for the long term. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that um, seems so simple in theory, but again, harder in practice, is focusing on our self-care and recognizing, are we at our best self? Are we resourced? So have we been sleeping? Are we eating well? Are we... Um, Meditating and spending time with our, calming our thoughts and have experience doing that, not just in difficult moments, but in serene moments every day, 5, 10, 15 minutes that we just practice it as part of our daily routine. Yeah, and are we in connection with other people? Are we in relationship? Are we, or are we isolating ourselves, right? Like that's not going to be the right thing. So, um, And being in nature. 
stepping out to connect to the sky above us. Uh, this isn't a be in nature, oh, I must get up north to cool country. Um, we are in nature every time we step out into our community right here in Phoenix. So can I just step out and remember I am a part of nature. There's a sky above me. There's the earth below me. There's probably a tree somewhere nearby. I am part of nature, and it's all already here. And these are the, the core self-care practices um, that we talk about here at New Pathways from the moment youth enroll in our program at retreat and then carry them through as reminders in our workshop. So mentors, what we're pointing you to is we give you practices every month to take on with your young person somewhere in these self-care ranges. So the more we commit to that and follow through on that each workshop and between each workshop, the more capacity we're building in our young people. Yeah, and you know, I would say that as we think about, um, again, just that bringing that curiosity, that inquiry, really reflecting on what are my habits or my patterns, my ways of being with my emotions, um, really just a beautiful opportunity for us just to continue to notice and be in the awareness, being curious with ourselves can help us to start to see something, maybe notice something we didn't notice before. And now with that new awareness, I can have choice about maybe how to respond or to approach or see another opportunity for a practice that I want to bring forward in my life to continue to build capacity, to work through emotions, to work through thoughts in the future. So this uh, brings our conversation of emotional responsibility to a close. But as always, we have a call to action for you, mentors. And our first call to action is for us to build our own capacity as mentors to be in more and more emotional responsibility, to notice if we're above the line or below the line and take on the practices for ourselves that we can help bring into our young people's lives. So work with your own emotions in some of the ways we brought you today would be our first call to action. And then also to think about, you know, how can you support your youth to take on this this idea of emotional responsibility again one that in society we oftentimes don't talk about we don't teach we don't learn and yet is so important so our young people are definitely beginners at this and for many mentors and I'm sure myself coming into the program I was a beginner at this as well too and so we can take on those practices together and we can be intentional about in our outings to talk more about emotions to work with our emotions even take on some of these activities together. We can always meditate, we can step out into nature. So not only talking about it, but we actually can be in practice together to help build capacity on this journey of having emotional responsibility. And one of the very basic pieces of that aspect, Mark, is help our young people name emotions. Can they build an emotional vocabulary beyond, I feel good, I'm fine, I'm great, I'm tired, I'm sleepy. Can we help them explore a range of emotional language uh, that they can become more articulate in what's really happening for them and expressive in that way? So mentors, our final call to action is have a conversation with your program coordinator about this. Work with naming your own emotions with your program coordinator about what's coming up in your relationship with your youth, how you're feeling about what's happening in their life. Try it on, practice it, so that way you're more practiced at this conversation than to initiate it and lead it with your young person, and your program coordinator is the perfect person to practice it with. Mentors, thank you as always for listening, and until next time, keep unleashing possibilities.